Yo, what up? Yo, what up? Yo, shout out to my man Jameer who sent this $10 topic in. I didn't really... Wow, that's a nice suit. Hold up. This dude's trying to stun on me. He's trying to make this Jeep look better than mine. Hold up. Let me put mine. All right, so here's my Jeep. Now let's look at this dude's Jeep. His Jeep look better than mine's? That's me. That dude trying to stunt on me. <laughs> that dude trying to stunt on me. He got a better paint job. Whatever. Anyways, so shout out to my man, Jameer. So... Well, y'all, y'all send these topics in, right? It's like he's doing too much. I kind of like it, man. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a little flashy, but I kind of like it. You know what I'm saying? We got like this little strong Jeep culture down here in Orlando. It's like every, everywhere I go, man, I see about 50,000 Jeeps on the road. And every time I'm driving, somebody is waving at me all the doggone time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, all right, Jameer, I'm glad you're in the chat. So, Jameer, you, you made the topic, educated lames go to work, everybody else goes to war. I didn't understand exactly what you meant by that. So, explain what you meant by that. I wasn't like, I was, I was looking at it for like a week, like, like, what is this guy, what is he talking about? So, I need, I need you to explain what you meant by that. See, I got, he got them things on it. I mean, mine's all right. I mean, I gotta go get. I gotta go give a. I gotta go give. I call my Jeep White Privilege, right? The name of my Jeep is called White Privilege, so I gotta go give White Privilege a, a wash today. Today's Friday. I gotta go treat White Privilege, you know, like the like the champion it is. <laughs> so you looking at a Jeep too? Yeah, I got the uh, Sahara Wrangler Unlimited fully loaded <laughs> so alright he says educated lanes only want to go to work to stunt on other black people not to plant their flags in the world what educated you say educated lanes want to go to work to stunt on other black people uh is that really true or is it that educated lanes just want to go to work just to provide a life for themselves? You know, I, I don't know about that one. You see, I guess some people could classify me as an educated lame, right? Even though I personally don't like that statement. Because Edu- I, you know, I don't think I'm lame. I don't think I've ever been lame. I mean, some people may think I'm lame, but... I don't think I've ever fit the, uh, I don't think I've ever fit the traditional mold of being a lame, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, at the same time, even though I am educated, highly educated, then at the same time, you know, I do work. I don't think I've ever really worked just so I can stunt on other people. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, I mean, I'm just speaking from my personal experience. 
I think I've, I think I've always worked one because well, first things first, I really haven't come up with a solid idea business plan that could, uh, I could, I could, uh, you know, work full time. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I have a job. I haven't come up with a solid business plan that could, you know, sustain my lifestyle or increase it. You know what I mean? And then two, I work because I don't want to be homeless. <laughs> I don't want to be homeless. I ain't want to be living in my mom and daddy's house. You know what I mean? I left when I was 18 where I went to college, but I never really moved back in. You know what I'm saying? Hold up. He says, no stunt as in floss, but stunt as in say they are better than people. Better than, uh, better than, you mean better than, I, I don't, is that really true? Like, listen, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't really know, I don't think it's a matter of, an educated lane, getting their education, getting a decent job, acquiring nice things just so that they can go flex on other less fortunate people or flex on other people. I mean, yes, you're probably going to have elements of that out there, but I don't really think it's really that. I don't I don't really think it's you know like that across the board in mass. I just think educated lanes, they just got to do what they got to do, man. They got to go out there and work, feed themselves, take care of their life. And, um, you know, hopefully they can acquire some nice things and, and enjoy some of the fruits of their labor. You know, just, just try to have somewhat of a decent quality of life, man. I mean, isn't that what everybody wants at the end of the day? Now, yes, you're going to have some people who will go above and beyond to try to flex in front like they really got it going on when... In reality, you know, you see a lot of people who are out there flexing and flashing. A lot of, you know, it's, it's normally one of two things that I've noticed over the years when it comes to people who do a lot of flexing and they're not legit rich people. What it, you know, I'm talking about people who are in the, uh, the working class category of America, which is what the overwhelming majority of us educated lanes probably fall into. You have those onesies and twosies that are fr uh, front and flex. I think it's because, one, they're trying to appear to be somebody that they're not. And oftentimes that comes with them incurring a lot of debt or they really don't have a lot of money at the end of the day. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, I just I just think about when I was at the mall some months ago and I was going um, I was I was going there to buy a pair of shoes or something like that, cause, you know. Anyways, I walked past the Gucci store, right? And the Gucci store had a line out the, you know, cause you know, during this whole pandemic thing, they only let X amount of people into the store, right? And you know, most Gucci stores, they're like little small boutiques in the, in the mall. They're not like these really, they're not on some Macy's type of level. So I'm walking past the Gucci store and this is at one of the so-called high-end malls, well, the high-end mall here in Orlando called the Millennium Mall. And um, it was a line of black people standing outside waiting to get into the Gucci store. Just just a line of them, you know, Negroes sagging their pants, showing off their Gucci belts. Black, you know, matter of fact, it was, let me see, how many, it, it was probably majority black. I want to say it was probably like 20, 25 people in line. And at least out of the 20 to 25 people, probably about, let's just say it was 25. It had to have been about 20 of them were all black. You know what I'm saying? Just 
Now, I don't obviously I don't know their financial status. I didn't I didn't go up to these people, start asking them how much money they make. <laughs> but I know the type when I see the type, you know what I'm saying? So my thing is a lot of those people who are standing in line who were born in there to drop a few hundred dollars on a Gucci belt or get, you know, maybe a few thousand dollars on a whatever. Cause I, I don't even shop at Gucci. So I don't even know how much crap costs up in there, but I can almost guarantee that the, the majority of the people that I saw standing in line that day are probably way, are a way they, they don't really have money like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's just my assumption. Like, I can almost guarantee that they're not, they don't have money. Now, if they saw me walking through the mall, you know, I got on, you know, I think I had on a pair of J's or something like that, and then a T-shirt and some shorts, you know. You know, me, me I'm kind of, I'm not really a flashy dude like that, you know what I mean? They would probably think I'm just some broke-ass nigga. But in reality, my money, the things that I've earned, I don't wear it on my body. <laughs> Most of my money is tied up into the house that I live in, tied up into the property taxes that I pay. It allows for me to go drop 40,000 racks on a brand new truck in one day if I want. You know what I'm saying? Where I don't have to deal with car notes. You know, it's, it, it allow, my money is tied up in other things that aren't readily identifiable. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't. You know, long gone. I mean, look, I'm not going to say I wasn't the flashy dude because back in my, my younger days, college, my early 20s or whatever, I was a, somewhat of a flashy dude. You know what I mean? I, I had the, uh, I had, I had, you know, back when Air Force Ones was a shit, you know what I'm saying, back in the early 2000s, I had about 10, 15 pair of Air Force Ones all to match whatever outfit I was wearing. And then I had a couple J's in the same way. Then I had my little bling bling and all this other crap. I don't have time for that anymore, especially at 40 years old. I don't have time for that crap. I don't, I don't, I don't I've, got, I've grown to a point in my life where I've long since grown to a point in my life. And this really started probably after the birth of my first son when I was about 20, I was 26 years old when my older son was born. Uh, that's kind of when my mentality on the flashiness stopped because, you know, I got a son to take care of. Like, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not out in these streets. I'm not going to the clubs anymore. I'm over here dropping $15, $20 every other day on a can of Similac milk because my son was a preemie. And so he couldn't do, you know, cow's milk. We had to get him the Similac, uh, whatever the heck that stuff is called. I think it's Similac milk or whatever. And that stuff was costing like $20, $20 a can. And my son was running through them things like, like, like a champion. You know, because we were trying to fatten him up, put some weight on him. So that whole thing shifted. And now during that transition period is when I had to kind of, you know, I was already making decent money, but I had to start doing other things to try to set myself up for the future to make more money. And none of that was designed for me to be like, yeah, I want to go out there and stunt and flex on people. It was designed. I want to be able to give my kid and his future brother who came eight years later, I want to give my kids a decent quality life so that they don't ever have to want, like all their needs are met and then I have money left over to fulfill their wants. And I think, I think most people, regardless of how much money you make, whether you cross the six figure threshold or you're hovering around the 30, 40, 50, I think that's how most people tend to operate, especially as you get older. 
yes, you'll have the onesies and twosies that'll go out there and try to pretend to be something that they're not, try to flex and fly, because you know, because you know, now we're in tax season, right? Everybody's everybody just got their W-2s, everybody's finna go, you know, straight to the tax man. Everybody's gonna be weaved up. It's gonna be new flat screens, new new furniture sets, new rims, new this, new that. And you know, it's balling season. You know what I mean? That at least that's what people you know like to pretend like it is. And you're gonna go out there and see all this stuff. I can go file my taxes. I have no how much. I have no no clue how much money I'm gonna get back. I don't even freaking know. But I know it ain't gonna be much. <laughs> Put it that way. It ain't it ain't gonna be much like like you know. It ain't going to be that much money because I, I never really get a lot of money back on my taxes. But whatever money that I do get back, I'm not going to go out there and throw some new rims on the on white privilege over here. You know what I'm saying? That's the name of my truck. I call it white privilege. I'm not going to I'm not going to throw some some new rims on the truck. You know, you know, my truck is already paid for, so I already own this thing flat out. But, you know, I'm probably just going to use the money to either pay down something. You know, matter of fact. I got to get my house painted, the inside of my house. So that's probably where my tax money is going to go. You say you love the name of the truck. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was sitting around thinking about it, man. What kind of, what name should I give it? I was like, you know what? Let me call it white privilege. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if somebody gave it to me or I just came up with it, but it just came to me. And I was like, you know what? That's the name of the, that's the name of the truck, white privilege. So. But, you know, these are the things, that, that, that's what I think is, I don't think it's about stunting. Because, you know what I'm saying, me, I, I just don't, maybe it's just, that's just my reality. My, that's just the bubble that I kind of exist in. Because I don't really see a lot of people who are, I don't really know of a lot of people who are going above and beyond to, to try to earn a living just so that they can flex on people. You know, especially as you get older, I don't see what the point is. I, I don't see. I mean, like I said, I can understand young people doing it because that's what young people do. But as you get older, I don't understand what the point is of that. So you say, edu so your question is: Educated lames go to work. Everybody else goes to business or whatever. And educated lames are basically just trying to stun on people. It would seem like it would be the opposite way. You know, if, if we were to believe this whole stunting thing, it would seem like it would be the opposite way. I just think educated lanes, you know, us so-called, like I said, I don't like that term, the lane part, because I, I don't think I've ever been a lane. But being that that's the classification I guess we're rolling with, you know, we work because, you know, we don't want to be homeless out there, you know, breakdancing in front of the 7-Eleven and try to get a couple quarters. You know what I'm saying? You know, if we got to go do some dancing, we might as well throw our tap dancing shoes on and go tap dance with Mr. Charlie. He pays a little bit more money until we can figure out how to um, how to start our own business so we, we can stop the tap dancing. You know, unfortunately, hey, what's going on, man? Unfortunately, I haven't figured it out yet to the point where I can maintain my lifestyle <laughs> and increase it. You know what I'm saying? So I got to go tap dance with Mr. Charlie. But it ain't because I'm trying to flex and, and stun on people. I don't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I work, I pay my taxes, I pay my bills because I want to live a certain way that I can afford to live. That's not stunting. That's just me doing what I can do with my money. You know, I'm somewhat decent at managing my money. I'm not, I'm not an expert, but 
I'm good enough to maintain a certain lifestyle and have extras left over, that's not stunting. That's just me making certain decisions based off of the knowledge that I currently have. You know what I mean? Now, with somebody who makes less than me and, li and lives a lesser quality life than me, and then they see what I got, they think that I'm stunting, that, well, that's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? Because especially if, like, this person's around my age, that's not my fault. Because that tells me when we were younger, hey, what up, Kay? That tells me that when we were younger, you and I had opportunities to make certain decisions in life. You, you chose to do this. I chose to do that. And now here we are, middle-aged men or middle-aged people, and my life looks to be going a certain way and yours looks to be going another. Like I tell you all the time, I, I got this dude I know. I've been knowing this cat since we was in like fourth or fifth grade. Um, when we were younger, when we were coming up in middle school, he had all the fresh J's. Like his parents made more money than my parents. He had all the fresh J's. All every time a new video game dropped, he had he like he had all the stuff. He was like the real popular kid around the way because everybody knew his parents made more money than a lot of our parents. And so his spot was the hangout spot. You know, back in them days when it was like when Super Nintendo was the he was like one of the first kids that had Super Nintendo, all the latest this, the latest that. The Jays, you know, at the time, my parents couldn't afford a lot of that crap. You know, it was one of those things I had to wait for Christmas to get my stuff. His parents can go get that stuff at any moment type of deal. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, we both end up going to college. We go to two different colleges, right? He, um, when he was in college, he decided to all of a sudden up and become a drug dealer where he's over here driving across state lines you know, moving, moving them things or whatever. And he gets caught and he gets arrested. Now, I don't know if he, how much time he did, but I know he ended up being on probation for, for a significant amount of time. Anyways, fast forward to the future. So at this time I'm in the military, right? I hadn't seen this dude. Let me see. I ran into him just on a whim. Like I was in Augusta, Georgia. I was still in the army at the time. And I just walked into this, uh, this, I was looking for a suit jacket. And I walked into this men's warehouse or something. And then, so I'm in there looking for a jacket. And I turn around and I see him. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, he's working in there. Now, keep in mind, when I, this was like 2008 or 9. Yeah, yeah, I had came back from overseas. So this was about, probably around like 2008, right? Last time I saw him prior to 2008 was we were probably in like eighth grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, it's been that long since I had seen him, but I, I knew who I immediately recognized him because he still looked the same from the last time. Or we both still looked the same from the last time we saw each other. So anyways, we kind of linked back up, started talking, you know, chopped it up, went out, got some drinks, yada, yada, yada. You know, so I'm, I'm around him, going to his spot, you know, whatever, whatever. He come to my spot, meet the wife, meet my, meet my son, because I only had one kid at the time. Anyways, our lives are, like, going in two totally different trajectories, dude. I'm, I got my, I own my own house. You know, I had bought my first house around this time. Got my son, got my wife. My man's over here. He's living in, like, this, this, this two-bedroom apartment with his wife. 
and her teenage son. You know what I'm saying? Like this wasn't because he don't have any kids. So he married a chick that had already had like a teenage son. He didn't get along with the teenage son. Right. I mean, because I went the first time I went over there, you know, it was like he was just kind of popping off, talking to all kind of greasy. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? I kind of felt like hella awkward up in there. You know what I mean? Like, like, OK, I'm going to go step outside, you know. But, you know, where he was living at was like in some old, you know, some old rundown looking type of apartments. But anyway, I'm not saying it's the, the shit on my man's or nothing like that, you know, but the whole point is. The decisions that he made in his early 20s or whenever he decided to, you know, transform to become a drug dealer, <laughs> a failed drug dealer, resulted in him having to, now keep in mind, he went to college, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But these, these decisions resulted in him having to work a lot of menial jobs in his 20s going into his 30s to where he had limited opportunities. But like I say, keep in mind, when we were kids, he was the kid that had all the fresh stuff, all the fresh shoes, all the fresh video games, all the new stuff. When it came out, he was always, I just remember, he was always one of the main ones who had it and was running around bragging about how he got this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? And so, and I wasn't one of them kids. Now, I wasn't broke, but, you know, at the same time, well, you know, I was a kid, but my parents weren't broke, broke like that, but they couldn't afford the stuff that his parents could do for him. But... Here we are 40 years old because I think I'm like, I want to say I'm probably like four or five months older than him. Our lives are just in two totally, dude, we're like, it's like night, it's almost like night and day with he and I. Now, I don't flex my so-called lifestyle on him. Like I said, I haven't, I, matter of fact, last time I actually seen him face to face was probably about uh, seven years ago before, yeah, about five years ago, something like that. But I don't flex my lifestyle on him. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of we made different decisions at what I believe is critical junctures in our life. You know, in that early phase, in, that, in those early 20s to where certain decisions could have certain effects on the outcome of your life. And now here we are almost 20 years removed from some of those decisions and I'm living a certain way and he's living a certain way. I'm able to go do certain things. He's able to do certain things. But the things that I can do, you know, because I still keep up with, you know, we still talk to each other every now and then on Facebook. But the things that I can do, I'm able to do more of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not I'm not restricted like him in earning uh, capacity. And I'm not saying that he's destitute or nothing like that. But his his failed attempts at becoming a drug dealer when he didn't even he wasn't even raised that way. Well, it's been lingering over him for the past almost 20 years now. I never decided, I never attempted to be a drug dealer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I dibbled and dabbled with my, my smoking of the marijuanas, but I never decided I wanted to be selling the crap. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to get caught up in the system because I had great examples of that in my own life with my uncles who were only like, some of them are like 10 years older than me who were drug dealers and I seen what happened to them early on. And then I had my mother and my father telling me never be like your uncles. You know what I'm saying? And so I didn't want to be like them because I didn't want to turn out. I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to do none of that crap. So now, like I say, anyways, fast forward to the future. We're 40 years old. I'm able to do certain things. I got certain things stacked up. I don't really have, I'm not 
Like if I lost my job today, I'm not worried about being homeless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No time soon because I got enough money stacked up to where I would still be able to pay all my bills for at least a good 18 to 24 months. Him, on the other hand, if he lost his job, it might be a problem. You know what I'm saying? But these are just the results of the of decisions. Now, like I say, this isn't because I want to I want to grow up and get payback for all the times he was running around when we were kids coming outside clowning because he had the latest J's or he had the newest video game and none of us, none of the rest of us had it. This isn't some type of payback for middle school antics. This is just my life is the way it's going because of decisions I made early on in life. I'm not going to sit here and act like I made the greatest decisions all the time because there were some stupid things that I did, but the things that I did didn't result in a bunch of doors closing on me, nowhere near to the extent that it affected him. And now here we are 40 years old, I'm able to do things live a certain way and he's not. Now, maybe he'll be able to do that whenever he, you know, gets his stuff completely all the way together. But, you know, as far as I know, he's not. And I don't know, but this isn't me stunting on him or this isn't, you know, a so-called educated lame trying to stunt on other people. This is just, I just did what I was, I just did what I thought I was supposed to do so that I can live a certain way by the time I'm a certain age. Cause like I said, I'll be 41 in April. I never want to be, even when I was about to roll over into my thirties, I never want to be broken, struggling, going into my thirties. I, I just didn't want to be that. Plus I had a kid. I didn't want to live like that. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to have some, some type of money stashed away. So that I can do certain things. I can buy certain things. Now, obviously, I'm not making the money that I would love to make, but I'm making pretty good money to where I can, you know, take care of my family and, and do do some things for them. This isn't me wanting to flex and stun on people. This is just grown man activities at the end of the day. I mean, if you really want me to just break it down to its bare essentials, this is what grown people are supposed to do, especially if you're a grown man. You're supposed to go out there, earn a living stack money and then you know use your money reinvest it do whatever it is you got to do but ultimately you want to provide a quality life that's it that's just that's just grown man stuff man you know what i mean we don't we don't we don't really have to make this any more complicated or overly complicated you say let's hear from my wife you don't need to hear from my wife you're hearing from me you don't need to hear from her what you need to hear from her folks she don't make youtube videos i do and I've shown, I've shown pictures of my wife. I've posted pictures of her on here. So for those of you who've seen the pictures, y'all know I ain't married to no, no busted up chick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't, have to, I don't have to get on here and show my wife for what? Nigga, that's my woman. She got my last name. She's the mother of my kids. The hell y'all need to, y'all don't need to worry about her. Y'all need to hear her. And she ain't trying to be entertaining you niggas. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. My woman ain't trying to entertain you, you niggas. So, but that's just the way things go, B. Give me a second. Hold on. You say what? Hold up. You say you bet. I mean, look, I ain't, got, I ain't got nothing to prove to you about my woman, my nigga. 
like I don't have to get up on here and prove to you a goddamn thing about my wife. My, I mean, listen. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what you meant by that comment, right? So I don't know if that's a you're trying to you're trying to clown or what you're trying to do, but. I don't, I don't have to prove it. Listen, I'm not like these other niggas on YouTube. I ain't got to prove a goddamn thing to none of you niggas when it comes to my woman. Either you believe what I say or you don't. And some dudes listening to me right now, they know what my wife look like. They're friends with me on Facebook. They can see all my damn pictures that I post. He says, why are you talking about other men then? Because, nigga, that's what I do. <laughs> what, you brand new to my channel? I can talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about on here. You make a channel, you talk about what you want to talk about. How about we do that? And furthermore, why are you over here listening to me talk about other men if you don't like me talking about other men? You ain't got to be here, my nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get to come over here and police my content. You don't like it, bounce, nigga. That's what you can do. says how do i get women if i live in my car go pay for some nigga <laughs> go roll up and down the street and pay for some they out there walking selling it right now that's how you can get some women he says youtube life okay i gotta i gotta youth I, I live what does that even mean what does a youtube life mean explain what that means i don't even know what you mean by that First of all, how can I live a, you know, unless you're trying to, I'm, I'm assuming you're implying, or you're saying I'm a full-time YouTuber. How often am I on YouTube, y'all? <laughs> Do y'all see me on YouTube five hours a day? Dude, I make a video, I'm, I'm probably doing a video like once a week now. Why? Because I have a life outside of YouTube, I work. <laughs> I'm on my lunch break right now. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then I make other videos for my other channel. Yeah, my tech channel. What's up, Johnny? Like, nigga, I got, I, I live a real life, B. But my life, I don't have to get on here and pretend to be, try, you know, trying to f make up stuff about my life to impress you niggas because I don't care about you niggas. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, I, like, I mean, can we just keep it a buck? There's only one person in my chat that actually knows me in real life. That's in the chat right now. There's only one person that's, that's, that knows me in real life and has known me since 2002. It's only one person in this chat currently. So I don't have to, I don't have to prove anything to a bunch of niggas on YouTube, B. Like, like a lot of these other content creators do. I ain't got to prove a goddamn thing to y'all niggas. So what am I eating for lunch? That's a good question. I don't know. I got a subway I might go hit up. Matter of fact, what time is it? So, you know, a lot of y'all, a lot. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming this Mr. Punisher dude is a is a young dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how young he is, but like I keep telling you guys, I lived life before social media. I did, I wasn't raised in social media. When I was going to the clubs, chasing chicks, nigga, there was no Facebook. There was no YouTube. 
I actually had to talk to chicks, put the tic-tac in the mouth and go over there and, and spit some spit some magical words to these women to convince them that I'm that nigga. Like I had to actually do these things. I didn't come up in social media trying to learn how to get ganged up from some niggas on, online or trying to learn how to the definition of what it takes to be a high value man from some niggas online. Like, nigga, I had to actually I, had, I lived a life, B. <laughs> I was I lived a life. I was a teenager in the 90s, my nigga. I started college in 1998, so I'm not a, I'm not a spring chicken around here. I actually had a life, my nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I didn't have to come online looking for advice on how to become a man. One, I had a father in my damn life. You know what I'm saying? That's that's another thing that unfortunately a lot of you clowns didn't have. I was raised in a two-parent household, so I actually had somebody to look up to and guide me and discipline my ass to make sure that. I walked the straight and narrow and did the things I was supposed to do so I wouldn't be 40, about to turn 41 years old out here on damn near struggle status. You know what I'm saying? So maybe, maybe I'm a little different. And then plus, being that I lived a life before social media and I'd done a lot of things, had a lot of fun before social media, I don't have to come on here pretending like I'm balling and doing all these wild, elaborate things just to try to make it seem like I'm more than what I actually am to try to, you know, create craft this image to a bunch of niggas on social media like a lot of your other favorite YouTubers do. I don't have to do that. I don't see the purpose in it. And I ain't flexing. I'm just, it's just grown man shit. I mean, y'all all want to have these grown man conversations, right? Whether you listen to these grown man conversations, well, when I listen to them, I, I, I really sit here and wonder, who are these, these so-called grown men giving out this advice? Like, this doesn't even sound grown man-like. This just sounds like niggas trying to reinvent, reinvent themselves because they missed out in high school. You weren't popular in high school, and now you want to treat YouTube like it's high school and become popular or attempt to become popular and then, so that you can convince a bunch of young people that you're the man out in these streets. But when you turn off the camera and if we were to get a peek into your real life, is your real life matching up with the message that you're putting out there on YouTube? And I'm willing to bet most of these content creators aren't living like how they want you to think they're living. Their life isn't really popping like how they want you to believe it's popping. But, you know, I'm not going to be the one running around trying to investigate the crap to, dis to prove or disprove it. I ain't got no interest in that. But, you know, when you live a life and you've, and you've seen things, because you got to also remember, I did 13 years in the Army, right? And so the Army, you know, aside from, from the benefits and all this other crap, the Army exposed me to a lot of different people from a lot of different countries, a lot of different states, a lot of different backgrounds. So what I'm saying is, I'm not the type of dude who just grew up in one area and lived my life in one area damn near my entire life. I've been to plenty of different countries, been exposed to plenty of different cultures, plenty of different people, and a lot of that exposure has allowed for me to really get a grip, get an understanding of, of, of people. Meaning I wasn't just around a bunch of hood niggas all my life. I was around some uppity niggas, some, some uppity rich Negroes. I was around some uppity white people, some poor white trash people. I was around a whole bunch of different people. 
from all types of different backgrounds. And so it, it, it expanded my horizons and my perspectives. So now when I come back and I'm dealing with Negroes and then I hear Negroes talking on YouTube or in the comment section, it helps me to decipher as to how full of crap some of these people actually might be. So that, you know, that was a benefit of my time in the military. And anybody who's ever served, they know what the hell I'm talking about. But so this, this is just grown man stuff. And this isn't me just saying grown man because I'm a grown. No, I mean, this is just these, these are just things that people I thought people were supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I just thought that this is just how things are supposed to go. Because it, 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 it always came off as common sense to me. But but then again. I was raised by my father, my mother and my father, and they, they, they uh, instilled common sense into me, whether I wanted it or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, was going, they was drilling it into me, you know, whether they had to break out the belt to, to beat it into me or something else, but it got put into me and my brothers. says unfortunately a lot of dudes feel they are entitled to nice stuff in life nobody's entitled to a damn thing that's nice in life that's it you're only entitled to uh breathe air that's it that's it <laughs> you're entitled to breathe air and you're entitled to uh eventually pass away and go on to the to the afterlife you're not entitled to a damn thing in life you're, you, all you can if you want nice things you got to go out there and work for it you got to go out there and grind and work for it. I mean, that's it. All this, I should, this is, everything should be a human right or this, that, and the third, or I should be able to, I got all the education. I should be able to get all the fine top-notch chicks. No, nah, just so what? So what you got all the education? You need to go out there and grind if you want you a top-notch chick. You know, because, you know, I listen to, you know, because it's getting really sad and pathetic out here, right? With, with, especially with these these dating conversations, like I was listening to C Boogie the other uh, yesterday. He was talking about Obsidian, and Obsidian was talking to this white dude, and they were having this conversation about how the white dude doesn't understand what it's like to be a short black man in America when it comes to dating. And C Boogie was like, "Nigga, you got to deal with that." And I agree with C Boogie. <laughs> I agree with C Boogie because. I'm listening to I'm listening to old man, and look, listen, you know I say it again. Old man, he he he's a he's a very talented uh, uh, YouTuber in terms of his his uh, ability to entertain the masses. But once you once you peel back all that crap, right? Because I was listening to him today. He did a response video to C Boogie. And old man was sitting here talking about the ass fab because you know C Boogie's he's ex army like I'm ex army, and so old man was like. You know, the Air Force, they normally score higher on the ASFAB, and the ASFAB is an indicator of one's IQ. And the Air Force and the Navy, they tend to score higher. So he was implying that he was implying that C Boogie must be an idiot because he joined the Army. And I think C Boogie was some type of, I don't know if he was in the infantry or some other combat arms related MOS. But here's the thing, I served in the Army. I scored in, I scored a, what, what did I score on the ASFAB? I scored an 89. An 89 is like, one of the highest, I can't remember what the exact top score is because it it's been years. 
I haven't took the ASFAB since, I think I took it in like 2001. But the 89 was damn near, you know, if we had to give it a, a, a letter grade, it was like a solid A. <laughs> Maybe a, a point or two shy of being an A+. Plus, right? So I scored an, a, an 89 on the ASFAB. I think the highest you can get is like a 99 or a 95. I scored an 89 on it. Didn't even study for it. Just went there and took the damn test, and that's what I got. And that, uh, that opened up. I could pick any damn job I wanted to in the military, in the Army, right? That, that's pretty much what that meant, right? So I'm listening to this crap. You know, old man's over here trying to give all this, trying to come down, trying to talk smack about C. Boogie because, you know, C. Boogie was making comments about old man when old man was talking about his short, old man calls it shortism. But it's, this all ties into the whole dating thing, right? But I'm listening to old man. I'm just like, my nigga. If you're short, you're short. Ain't nothing you can do about that, bro. Like, I don't know if they have some type of medical implants you can get put into your kneecaps or your the heels to, to increase your height. But, you know, if you're a short nigga, you're a short nigga. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get women because there are plenty of short niggas who can get women. But if you're using your height as an excuse as to why you can't get women, I don't really think it's your height. I really think it's you. And then at the same time, I don't want to hear this mess about tall niggas because, you know, I'm six foot one. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not the tallest dude, but I'm not a short dude. I'm, I'm above six feet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't I, I've never experienced dealing with issues of, of being a short nigga unless I'm standing next to a nigga that's six foot six that plays in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I never I never had those issues. So what, what I'm getting at is. I was listening to the old man talk to the white dude and the old man's trying to make it seem like this, this, this height thing is, is such a, a, a big problem when it comes to black men and how black women perceive short dudes. I'm like, no, nigga, that's you. That, that, that's, that's a problem with you. <laughs> that's a problem that you experience. That's not, a, that's not a problem that affects black men and why they should, you know, choose to conduct themselves in a certain manner when it comes to entering the dating pool because niggas like me and see Boogie and, and Mr. Fantastic and others who are above six feet, we don't have those issues, my nigga. And we're not running around here, con you know, you know, thinking about that crap. You know, it is what it is. We we were we were blessed with whatever DNA was bestowed upon us to uh, put us above the six foot mark. But that doesn't mean that we run around here, you know, like like take it like me. Like I don't consciously think about being six foot one, even when I was younger and I'm out there dating. I didn't consciously think about, yeah, I'm the tall nigga. They all see me, yada, yada, yada. It was just like, it, it was just never a thing. I'm 6'1", it is what it is. Like, that's just something I can't control. But at the same time, I knew niggas that were shorter than me. That was, <laughs> they were still pulling chicks. Some of them pulled more women than I did. Why? Because there was a quality about them that made up for their perceived lack of height. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, it's just some weird stuff going on around here, man. But at the end of the day, it, you know, it all ties into, it says, well, my parents, and I'm taller than all, I'm taller all my parents. I'm taller than both my parents. Now, I got, I probably get my height from other relatives. I got some tall relatives, other relatives, but I'm tall. Man, I was taller than my mom. Let me see. I, I, I was taller than my mom by the time I was in like 6th or 7th grade. 
I was taller than my dad by the time I was a ninth grader or something like that. I'm the matter of fact, well, I'm not the tallest in my family. My younger brother, uh, my, my younger brothers are twins, but the older twin, he's like an inch taller than me. So, you know, we, we just got, you know, we, we, we just some tall niggas around here. I mean, we're not, you know, slinkies, you know, super tall, but we taller than, uh, say, sixth grade. How old is that? I was like 12 years old, sixth grade. I was taller than my mom when I was like sixth, seventh grade. Either I was about her height or I was just slightly taller than her. It was something like that. But shit, man, my son, my youngest, no, my oldest son, he's, uh, he's in ninth grade. He's 14. He's almost as tall as me. He, my son, let me see, I'm 6'1". My, my oldest son's probably like 5'9", 5'10". Already. He'll probably be taller than me. Or he'll just be my height or an inch or two taller than me. But regardless of all that, I don't know how the hell I got talking about that, but regardless of all that, getting get back to, you know, getting back to, to, to the overall theme here with the educated lanes, like, look, educated lanes, in my opinion, aren't out there trying to, the majority, I'll put it that way, I, I just don't believe the majority are out there trying to work to live a life so that they can stun on other people. But, but, but it, it can come across that way when you listen to content on YouTube. It can come across that way when you hear some of these so-called educated lames on YouTube trying to talk about how they got it going on, yada, 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 and why all the honeys should be choosing up on them. But my thing is we need to get a glimpse into these people's lives and see if that's actually true. Now, I'm not going to demand that they, they give us a glimpse, and I'm not going to go out there searching for it either. But if you live the, uh, a grown man's life <laughs> like I have, doing grown man activities that you're supposed to do because you're grown and you're a man, you know, you can kind of decipher when people are just BSing and when they're just putting up a front. It's like, are you, are you really, are, is it really popping like that? Because if it was popping like that, then it would just, you, you, you could just, you could just, you wouldn't have to put on so much of a show to try to convince. Look, when you got something, when you, when you got it going on, right? You don't really have to go above and beyond to try to, try to convince other people that you got it going on. People can just see it. They can just see it. They can just sense it on you or they can physically see it about you. You don't have, you know, most people that I hear, especially on YouTube, that I hear who like to flex, like they got it going on, like this, that, and the third. I'm willing to bet that their real life off YouTube does not match their online persona because you're, you're doing too much convincing. Especially if you're a content creator and you're trying to go out there and show and prove, but you never show and prove. Like, you never actually give visuals to the stuff that you're talking about. You know what I mean? What up, Kiwi Techie? So, you know, but these are just things that I always thought was common sense being raised as a, a male here in America. Like, yo, this is how things go. But apparently... On YouTube, it's a whole other world out here where a lot of people haven't received these lessons. And I attribute this to a bunch of y'all growing up in single mother households. But at the same time, the advice y'all get from some of these dudes on YouTube, I'm like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the best advice for a lot of y'all. I, I, I just don't know how far it's going to take y'all in life, man. 
Because like I said, I've been around the block. I'm not a spring chicken. And it's like, my nigga, I don't know if that's really going to work out for you, player. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, you might want to reconsider some things. But, you know, it's your life. Do what you got to do. But just based off of what I've seen, I just don't know how that's going to work out for you. Because I, I don't see it working out too well for... I haven't seen it work out too well for many for other people who tried to do similar things. But, you know, I'm living but, you know, I, I've been there and done that. So it's kind of hard to tell a young person who hasn't been there and done that. You know, it's like it's like talking to my son. Tell him, tell him you need to do this, you need to do that. And then I got to put myself back into my 15 year old body mentality when my father was telling me this crap. And I'm looking at my father like, you the old nigga, like, All right, what you talking about, nigga? But now here I am. I'm the old nigga trying to tell my son this and my son looking at me like ah what you talking about nigga <clears throat> you know what i'm saying but you know that's kind of how it is on youtube to a certain extent a lot of y'all don't really know reality man y'all's reality has been fed to you through social media you know, you walk around, you got your phones in your face 24-7. Well, we all do. I, I, I ain't going to front. I do, too. But like I said, the difference is I live, I didn't get, let me see. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was uh, 19, 20 years old. And it wasn't a smartphone. It was just a Nokia phone. Couldn't do nothing with it but make calls. You know what I'm saying? So before that, I, I had to actually go out there and live life and go through trials and tribulations and kind of figure this thing out, make mistakes here and there. Hopefully they didn't, uh, you know, permanently jam me up. A lot of you guys are like my kids, man. Like, man, my, my youngest son is five years, and this is partially my, this, well, this is part, mostly my fault. My, my youngest son is six years old. He knows how to work a smartphone and an iPad and all that crap. You know, look around, look at, look at your neighborhoods. How often do you see kids playing outside these days? Like, in my neighborhood, I don't really, even in my old neighborhoods when I was living in Georgia, I didn't really see a lot of kids outside. Back in the day, man, it was, it was, it was, it was a, I felt it was a form of child abuse if I couldn't go outside. Everybody was outside. You at the park, you ride bikes, you're shooting hoops, you playing tag, you know, you're doing, you know, doing what kids do, playing football in the streets, whatever, whatever. Nowadays, I don't even really see that crap. Nowhere near to the extent that I saw it back in the day because life in reality, so-called life and so-called reality is being fed to you through social media. We didn't have it popping like that when I was coming up. You had to actually go outside and, and roll around and, and then come back in the house smelling like outdoors. You know, that's what your mama knew. You smell like outdoors. You smell like outside. How many of y'all ever smelt like outside before? <laughs> how many of y'all parents ever, how many of y'all mama and them ever told you, you smell like outside and they go get your ass in the tub? You know what I mean? But y'all are getting force-fed these these uh, these narratives from a bunch of dudes on YouTube. And look, I'm not saying that they all bad. I'm not saying that they all give crappy advice. A lot of these guys are entertaining, but it's just I think it's just a difference in perspective when you've lived life before social media and you've done things, and then you've also got your travel on. You know, whether it was you know through your job or you know voluntarily, but whatever travels travel. You've been exposed to different elements and different cultures outside of your little bubble that you were raised in. You, you gain a different perspective, man. So when you come on YouTube and you listen to these conversations, you can it, you, you can kind of you can kind of interpret the conversation slightly different. 
in terms of deciphering as to whether or not somebody's full of shit or they're just telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? And right now, it's a, it's a, it's a mixed bag going on on YouTube in black in the black mental sphere. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of half truths and, and and a lot of a lot of shit bags just floating around, bumping their gums to a to a lot of young impressionable, gullible people who never really lived life outside of their freaking phones. To the extent that we had to live life. You know what I mean? But that, like I say, but then, like I say, that ties back into the, to the main discussion. This is why I don't think educated lames are just working just to stun on people. Because most of us who y'all would classify as an educated lame, I believe most of us work because we want to live a decent quality life. And yes, we want to go buy nice things. And it's not because we want to stunt on other people with our nice things. It's because we work hard and we want nice things. What's the point of working hard if you, can't, if you don't ever treat yourself to something nice? Because you earned it. That's why. Like, I don't have to get up on here and hold money phones up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even carry cash, to be honest with you. The only time I ever go get cash is if I have to pay somebody in cash and I got to go run to an ATM machine. Other than that, I don't even carry cash on me, dude. I carry uh, plastic debit cards. <laughs> That's it. Uh, anyways, I got to go grab some lunch. So anyways, this is, this is white privilege, y'all. It's white. Oh, hold up. So I'm, I'm a stunt right now. This, this is white privilege. <laughs> That's the name of my truck. White privilege. So I'm about to bounce. I got to go feed myself. It says you're educated lame, but you're not lame. Yeah, I, like I say, I don't I don't like the term educated lame because one, I'm not I've, I've never considered myself lame and very few people have considered like I've never been classified thrown into the lame category. You know, now there are maybe onesies and twosies who think I'm lame, but, you know, I don't think I've ever been lame. I'm just, I've just been a chill dude, man. I was never the most popular. I was never the lamest. I was, you know, in the middle like most people. I was cool with a lot of people. I was cool with jocks. I was cool with D-boys, cool with nerds. I was cool with chicks. <laughs> dated, dated a lot of chicks. I never had really any woman issues like that. That's why I don't be going. I don't, that's why I don't be going ham on black women when it comes to relationships. Because, you know, I listen to some of these conversations. Like I was listening to Bernard Riley's show yesterday with Locario. And I was, you know, listen. There's some of them dudes on that panel that I'm cool with. Some of them dudes I don't know, but I was just listening to it. I'm just like, I never really had those problems with women like that before. To where I felt like I had to just go into this all, all-out war against the women on YouTube. I mean, yeah, I've had my issues with women in the past, but it was never to the point where I felt so discouraged and disgusted by them that I felt like I got to come on YouTube and just dedicate my entire YouTube existence to railing on black women like some other content creators. I never had those issues, man. I mean, I had just normal, regular relationship issues with chicks. We fuss, we fight, 
split up, make up, break up, go on about our business, whatever, whatever, move on to the next chick. I never had those issues. That's why I don't, I don't really, I don't be talking about strags and like, like chicks been cool with me. They've been cool with me. And maybe because I'm six foot one and I'm a, I'm a good looking nigga, especially when I'm not, especially before, you know, but watch when I, watch when I, I've been in the gym lately. Y'all, y'all gonna see what, y'all gonna look when I, when I, when I get my ass back, how I used to look, y'all gonna be like, damn, that nigga, that nigga. But anyways, <laughs> but the whole point, I never had them issues, B. And so I listen to these conversations. Sometimes I'm just lost because I just don't understand why these niggas, why, why so many niggas be struggling or are so dis disgruntled by black women. I'm just like, I just, that was just never my existence. I'm not saying that all the chicks was choosing. There was, there was times I was rejected. There was times I was flat out embarrassed by chicks due to rejection. But it was never to the point where I was like, I'm going to wait till 20 years later, get on YouTube and, and go in because this one chick laughed at me when I tried to holler. It was like, nah, B, you, you, I got laughed at. I got clowned. All right, I'll get over it and move on to the next breezy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll be all right. Move on to the next one. She don't want me, but somebody out there going to want some of, this, some of the G-Dizzle. Somebody going to want it. I never got discouraged like that, man. So I just, I, I struggle with the, with trying to, I struggle with trying to relate to some of these, these relationship dudes. I'd be like, I just don't, that just wasn't my existence, man. I've never, I've never let a rejection just deter me to, to that, to that degree. It's just like, I, I'm not her type. She don't want me. All right, fine. She got one off. She clowned me. Yada, yada, yada. All right. That's what, there's, there's like a million other chicks out there, man. Incels, yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's, that's why I tell y'all. I think it's a bunch of incels on YouTube. This YouTube has become a rest haven for incels to, to vent to each other. They have all found each other on YouTube, man, and that's cool. They found each other, but when you listen to their arguments, it's just like my nigga, I can't relate to the crap. So when I talk my talk, I'll get labeled as a simp, but am I really a simp? Because or, or am I just the dude who just, who, who was able to, to deal with women? And it wasn't like I came out, it wasn't like I, I came out and just started, boom, I'm the man. You know, I got, I kissed a girl for the first time when I was 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? Then I lost my virginity at 15, right? It wasn't like the moment I built up confidence and started talking to chicks, I, I, was, a, I, was, a, I was a sensation with the ladies. It was a learning process. I had to learn how to talk to these chicks, man. <laughs> And I got embarrassed. I was, you know, all kind of crap. But it never deterred, it never slowed me down to the point where I was like, I got to be hanging on to this crap into my 40s. And I'm just like, no. It's, I've had some bad dates in the past when I was out there dating. I mean, I just can't relate to it. Now, it's cool that, you know, I'm glad a lot of these incels have found an outlet to voice their frustrations, but... I just think their frustrations are severely misguided because at the end of the day, if you want my honest opinion, a lot of these dudes are really incels because a lot of them just aren't, the women just aren't attracted to them. Like, it's, listen, I don't care how much money you got, but money and clothes and status can help you get women, right? 
but you're never ever going to be able to truly get around that attraction factor because you can be you can be rich and balling and not a, a physically attractive dude and some some broke ass nigga who's handsome as hell can still snatch your can still bag bag your chick why because it's that it's that lust factor and like i told y'all a couple videos a couple weeks ago you can't it's hard you can't make up for, that lust factor is 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 a, is a, is a some bitch, and if you've never had a chick lust after you, you know I feel like you missed out on life, man. <laughs> Anyways, yo, I'm about to roll. I gotta go grab something to eat and go back to tap dancing from Mr. Charlie. Says, would you say that all of this falls under the equality con game? Um, I'll have to. That's a good. I don't know. Let, let me let me let me screenshot that question. I have to talk about that later on. But I I gotta get ready to roll because I gotta go in there and tap dance. All right, so I'm gonna holler at y'all later.